Warning, the Catholic Man Show contains high levels of manliness. It's simple, really. You either want to grow in virtue and holiness, or you want to be a sissy whiny baby. If you choose to move forward, grab your whiskey glass, because the Catholic Man Show is starting right now. Welcome to the Catholic Man Show. We're on the Lord's team, the winning side. So raise your glass. Pumped about this episode. Adam and Ann here with David Niles. I'm just giggling about it. I'm just, t- yeah, tickled. You almost said titillated. Did you no, almost say that? I, said, I was okay. going to say tickled. I thought you were about to say titillated. Oh, no, tickled. Which is kind of a funny word. It is a funny word. But we're going to talk about humor tonight. Yes. I'm really excited about talking about humor because it was a it was a topic that once i started diving into the further i got into it the more i was like that is very interesting gonna make some dad jokes oh yes do you know how you know also if if a uh, joke is a dad joke if it comes from a dad the punchline is apparent Hmm. (laughs) nice that's funny because it's also true it It is is apparent it is true and it's also the parent is the yeah, the very, dad. Very good. You get it because we'll start. We'll start it off. We're gonna start it off the episode. With plays that. on multiple levels. Yeah, yeah. Multiple, yeah, multiple meanings. So, um, I also would like to make a big announcement. We have new Glencairn glasses. Yes. Okay. For the viewing audience, this is our previous Glencairn glass. This is our new one. It's easily five times bigger. <laughs> It's not a Glencairn glass. It is a beer. It is you a beer could glass. Almost fit a quart in here. No, it is. It is not. <laughs> it's not really a Glencairn glass. It's a beer glass. But we, when we got it, we were making jokes with my brother-in-law, like, "Yeah, finally we got a man-sized Glencairn glass." <laughs> it is going to be awesome, though. We, we did. If get, you're like Andre the Giant, you know, if, like, if you're pushing three hundred pounds, like of oh, just yeah, solid, solid. Oh, yeah. he was. Oh, he was like five hundred. Okay, five hundred pounds. Yeah. Uh, then yeah, the regular size Glencairn glass is like a thimble, and I'm pumped about. Our but new- these are beer glasses. Yeah, so it has our. It says Catholic Mantra, Cheers to Jesus on it in a in a text uh, font that we we had C. created. See, and we're gonna send those to uh, all of our high dollar patrons, and then also we're gonna be. It's gonna be available to the guys at the camp out this year. Yes. If you send us a thousand dollars, we will send you one of these glasses, <laughs> but not two. And I'm serious. If if you send us a thousand dollars, we will send you one of these glasses. No doubt. Uh, hey, Dave. Let's let's get into the the bourbon this evening. We're gonna have a bourbon. Yes. Will you pour it for me? Nothing would give me more joy. It's a uh, Long Branch. It's from Wild Turkey. It's the first Wild Turkey uh, product that we've ever had on the Catholic Man Show. Is that true? I believe. Well, at least that I can recall. Wow. We had a we had a beer aged in Wild Turkey. We had beer. Yeah, you're right, Juan. We had a beer aged in Wild Turkey before. But this is Long Branch by Wild Turkey. It's the collaboration with Matthew McConaughey. It is an eight-year Kentucky yeah. straight bourbon. You no, know, sometimes when you're driving to Lincoln and you got your Glencairn glass in hand, not that it's full of whiskey, but... Because you're driving. You're just thinking about it. Okay, so the nose... The, the, <laughs> <laughs> I'm bailing on you. That's my uh, Matthew McConaughey... Lincoln commercial impression. So it's an eight-year 
Okay. Uh, so, which is very, which is uh, a good aged bourbon. Yeah. Eight years. The nose says it's very sweet. It's a bouquet of caramel, vanilla, and toffee. Nutmeg and oak flow through the providing additional layers. Overall, the aromas are bright and enjoyable and hard to dislike. I like how the, <laughs> I like how they do that. That is some good marketing. Yeah. Uh, listen, ours is so good. You're not gonna you're not gonna dislike it. You're gonna find it hard to dislike it. Yeah. Okay. The palate it says it's creamy. A mouthfeel nicely uh, complements the bourbon's sweeter notes of honey and orange. Spice is layered throughout the seasoned oak, provides a sturdy base. It's well-balanced and pleasant. The finish, it says, the pop uh, of heat followed with a... A pop of heat followed with a mild dryness powers the finish. Caramel and spice trails off, giving way to hint of smoke on the back end that is very pleasant. I will tell you, it is a very short finish. Very short finish? It's over about as quickly as it began. Really? Yeah. Okay. Well, what but did you th- it's the the flavor itself is really good. Um I was I'm going to have to take I'm going to have to try it again. I was so I did get the top I was the so to- surprised. The toffee was instant almost. By the just how it it just ended. I don't agree with you. I think it's a finish. Hmm. It's a here in Tulsa, it is about a $34 bottle of whiskey, so it's not a it's not going to break the bank. I would like it over typically i don't like celebrity made drinks right or sponsored drinks just because i feel like they're hokey Mm -hmm. you know like the nick offerman one with lagavulin made sense he loved it he like that is a match made in heaven kind of thing well there's a lot of there's a lot of liquors out there but the ones that i have a that i kind of get leery about them with you is when they're using the celebrity to promote like that's the main draw of the of the spirit is that oh Matthew McConaughey. Well, the the thing is though, his face they, is on it, or his name, or his his name's behind it. They hired him as creative director, marketing director, for uh, really? Wild Turkey. Yes, and so he was actually working as a creative marketing director before they even hmm. came out. With I wonder this if they could whiskey. pair up with Lincoln and make some Wild Turkey Lincoln commercials. That is how you sell cars. <laughs> you you get I don't know you get creative. Without breaking the the laws, I'm not like a wild like I know there's guys that are wild turkey fans. I'm not a big wild turkey guy. Yeah, uh, they're 101 that they have. I don't like. I don't enjoy it. Mm-hmm. Uh, this one's okay. Is is uh, Soko? Is that wild turkey? Oh, I don't know. I don't. I don't. I don't know. I don't know who makes wild Soko because I don't drink Soko. I used to. Well, there was a day, right? So it's a so like I said, it's an eight year uh, Kentucky straight bourbon whiskey. Oak in Texas, mesquite charred, uh, and it's very refined. It's 43% alcohol by volume. Okay. What do you think what? about the finish? Is it is it very sh- I mean, maybe it's just me. But to me, it's like, wow, it's very short. It just kind of goes away. It does dissipate quickly. Yeah. It, it, it trails off very fast. I would like... If it, it is very interesting because at the the initial the, finish, the flavor is was really fine, nice. Was fine, and then it's just, like, and then it's just so boom. Yeah, it go, it's it, like it drops off. ghosts on you. Yeah, yeah it does. You're but right. yeah, I like the flavor of it. If it would hang out, if it would, you know, like stay well. Yeah, why are you in a hurry to leave? Yeah, then it, I would um, take your jacket off, hang out for a little while. Right, but for thirty four bucks, thirty four bucks, that's really pretty good. I would I would have this over a regular wild turkey, in my opinion. Oh, definitely. 
And it's fifteen. I think to be fair, I haven't I haven't had wild turkey in a long, 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 long time. You know, mm-hmm. long before we started doing the show, and my preference, my ability to assess the quality of a whiskey has definitely changed in mm-hmm. the course of doing the show. So I don't. You know, yeah, right? I'm, I'm just, I, I get you. you. Know, I got you. My old memories are maybe not fair. It's not a fair judgment, right? Dude, t- uh, next week we're going to be uh, having Carla Broussard on the show. Yes. I'm super pumped about that. I am too, because I have more time to prepare my topic Yes, for the next episode. Right. Um, but we're going to have extra content. And, and Carla will be here too. Also that. Right. And we're going right. to give extra content to our patron members from Carla, at least two talks mm-hmm. from Carla that yeah. he'll be giving. We're going to measure the size of his head and make that public. Okay. That was weird for you to say. That was a weird thing to say. What a nice head. Okay. Do you think? Yeah. Um, but he is, uh, he, he'll be here, we'll, he'll be... Is it is it weird to judge another man's head? I just thought that was a very weird thing to say. Okay. So yes, your your answer to my question is yes. Sure. It's weird. It is weird. Okay. Um, But we'll, we'll have an opportunity to talk with him. He's he's a hidden gem when it comes totally. to uh, you know philosophy. His mind, he's a brilliant mind that people have not mind all the mm-hmm. treasures that he has yeah i mean at catholic answers he does a great job on the radio but really his expertise is beyond what the average question that you know catholic answers gets right catholic answers you know occasionally they'll do a show where that's on something special um but most of the time it's general very basic level questions um, and that you know that their postulate is so important because they're out there. I donate to a- answering those questions for the people who need those answers and mm-hmm. who want good answers. Mm-hmm. But his specialty is really in like metaphysics, philosophy. Yeah, metaphysics. Aquinas um, five yeah. ways. So right. I'm really excited. I'm really excited to talk with him. And then also, uh, we got some news about the campout about what we're going to be doing with uh, the forge that's going to be set up. Yeah, the, everyone who comes will have the opportunity pound on some hot metal yes that'll be there from the beginning correct yeah so he's gonna set it up uh thursday evening mm-hmm. and the forge will just be there if you want to go forge some stuff you just you can walk over like a man and then we have a cigar rolling class yeah uh and, t- and tomas he's coming on the camp out this year so, so if you want to like go to ultimocigars.com i think is and what really it is. really pick his brain or about Google just ultimo cigars yeah so be that'll there. be awesome uh, we'll have broken arrow brewing beer which is delicious. So anybody who's coming from out of totally. state will have totally. a chance to, to sip on some local beer. Some local fare. And then we're going to get a chance to hang out with the monks, which is going to be awesome. Yeah. It's always great. Uh, have we had a chance to confirm with Father Nesbitt if he's going to have any participation at all? No. Okay. But that'll be cool. Mm-hmm. Oh, and tell him about the uh, uh, masonry. The, the, or the, okay, uh, so yes, George Carpenter is the like world-class... Uh, Carver, stone carver, what is it? Uh, Mason? Mason. Is that what it is? I mean, it? I don't know. He's not like, uh, like a, what do you call it? A guy sculptor. Who chi- sculptor. Yeah, it's like when you, a man yeah. who chisels. Yeah, sculptor. Uh, a sculptor, right. And he's been working on this thing above the main doorway as you enter the church. It's been behind the scaffolding. It is on the verge of being done. So when we get there, we'll, it'll be one of the last weekends where the scaffolding is still up. Where we and so we'll be able to go take tours of in its basically its completed, it's completed. condition. Yeah, so it'll be awesome. Uh, camp out is full, but uh, make sure you to get ready for next year if you if you're not getting a ch- chance to come. So right. it's gonna be great. Yep. yep. When we get back, we're gonna jump into a really fun man gear. One of the Lord's team, the winning side. So raise your glass.
Welcome back to the Catholic Man Show. I'm David Niles here with Adam Minahan, Juan Posada on the buttons. And give it up for Jimbo Baggins, everyone. Security guard extraordinaire on screen for the first time. We didn't tell him about this, but he did see it coming. He's it's tough the thing is, it's tough to get one by Jim. That's why he's our security guard. <laughs> Jim, thanks for being here. Uh, we're talking about. We're going to talk about humor. Humor today. today. Mm-hmm. We're drinking some Long Branch. Long Branch uh, product, of wild turkey. Mm-hmm. Um, Adam, what's the man gear for today? So, before, oh, and before we do that, yeah, before we do, we have an exciting announcement uh, for the man gear. I'm excited for the for the remaining of the year. The man gear is going to be brought to you by the Catholic Woodworker. Jonathan Conrad has been a guy who has supported the show since. Almost day one. He was one of our first supporters before he started the Catholic Woodworker. But you can go to catholicwoodworker.com. If you use TM, uh, the, uh, I'm sorry, TCMS, Catholic, the Catholic Man Show. The, the Catholic, Catholic Man, Man Show. Show. You can get 10% off all of your purchases. Uh, he, he makes heirloom quality rosaries, crucifixes, yeah. uh, home altars. It does all this stuff by, you know, like hand tools. Yes, things that you can pass on to your children. Mm-hmm. So, catholicwoodworker.com. And the thing about sponsors for, especially like shows like ours, the the young shows that like aren't big NBC syndicated programs. Right, right. You know, we thrive on have, being able to have sponsors that, that support our show. And so, one way that you can support the Catholic Man Show is by buying another it's a win-win because you get to buy another Catholic product yeah. made by another Catholic man who's uh, striving to live virtuously and live you know and, and grow his family and raise them to get to heaven uh, so you get to support him but, but in doing so you support us as well so mm-hmm. if you enjoy different programs whoever their sponsor is make sure to sponsor them because that right. helps the show that you that you enjoy yeah so the catholicwoodwork.com check them out so uh, today is going to be a, it's going to be kind of an interesting man gear because it's not a specific man gear. We're talking about humor this evening, okay? And how humor is either going to help uh, promote you or, or promote the act of virtuous living or hinder you. Mm-hmm. Uh, but did you ever have an uncle that was kind of the 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 life of the party whenever your family got together? The one that was kind of entertaining, the one that like a lot of the kids kind of gathered around either to tell a story or like do so, do a trick or do like some kind of like... Yeah. Well, I, had a, I had a lot of uncles kind of like that, but I did have one who would always pull a quarter out of your ear. If, right. If that's, what, like, yeah, yeah, if, yeah. if that's the kind yeah, of thing you're yeah. talking about. So yeah. uh, you and I both have dabbled in, you know, card tricks and things like that. It's, yeah. it's fun. What, my best... S- some sleight of hand. Sleight of hand. Some of my, you know, my best audience are two different types of people. One, that are seven years and under. Yeah. Or two, one who have drinking seven beers or more. Oh, okay. Those are the two audiences that I really thrive in. Okay. Uh, and so, the, the, the man gear today is some kind of either uh, card trick or something that you can captivate children. Mm-hmm. Uh, when, when they're all gathered around. So, I have this little thing right here. It's a it's light up thumbs. And what I do whenever I get kids around is I is I play with the thumbs and, and put them through my ears and bring it back and forth and they're just mesmerized by it, right? And I know this kind of sounds it sounds silly, it sounds ridiculous, but one thing that I think that we don't do a good job of as a culture, yeah, is promoting 
imagination, promoting awe mm. and wonder. Okay. Uh, especially in, in, in children. Yeah. And so to get their minds working and like kind of mesmerized into like what you're doing and trying to uh, think about how is he doing that mm-hmm. uh, is something very important to nourish in a child. Yeah. Uh, because in, I agree. in the catechism in uh, 2708, it talks about meditative prayer. And the importance of meditative prayer uh, is it engages the thought, the imagination, the emotion, and, and desire. Mm-hmm. And the, th- the thing is, is that uh, imagination and awe and wonder are gifts that God has given us and that right. we should cultivate them mm-hmm. to, to, uh, to their fullest potential. And so the more you can um, grow a child's imagination, the better the better opportunity they have to med- to learn meditative prayer. Yeah, well, and those kinds of things lead to contemplation. Yes, because meditation ultimately leads to contemplation. Right, and uh, our kids, your kids do, my and mine go to uh, Catechesis of the Good Shepherd, and one of the th- one of the things that's about Catechesis of the Good Shepherd is they have the kids do all these intricate tasks where they're concentrating on something. Because they say concentration leads to contemplation. Mm-hmm. When you teach a child to focus their their mind on something, which is so kind of a natural thing that kids will do. You know, if you give them something, they have the ability to hyper-focus on something, like where they're just totally focused on this one, you know, like where they stop paying attention to things that are around them, you know? Right. Oh, yeah. Um, and so that's it's kind of a natural thing that kids do anyway, where they're learning to focus their attention. And uh, the imagination is kind of like the intellectual version of, you know, working with doing something intricate that requires, you know, uh, hand-eye coordination or something. Mm-hmm. It's sort of like that You're like for mapping the mind. out their mind right. uh, to learn how to continue you, imagining. You, it's like your fingers and hands, you know, your body is has, you know, tools and your mind has tools of its own. And, you know, the imagination is sharpening those tools Mm -hmm. and it's ultimately so that we can ponder more deeply the things the things of heaven right and everybody loves to have a fun uncle or you know be the dad that all the kids kind of gather around to either like learn a card trick or uh, you know you have a you have a die like one of those uh, rolling die that you have a little trick that you can you can play with them there or right um you know these little thumb that die that die trick though it gets almost everybody yeah it's really good i wish i could do it because it is so elegant and simple right it's elegance is in its simplicity but I Truly. think I think it's a lot of fun, and not only that, it brings uh, memories for children. It you know they 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 will remember. Like I remember your dad, you, you know, when we had small faith group, we were gathered around and him doing either some kind of joke or uh, card yeah. trick or yeah. you know some, something that was always captivating us. He's, he's an entertainer at heart, right? Yeah. And, and so like we were all kind of just gathered around, like what what is he going to do next? Mm-hmm. You know, and like how did he do that? Right, you know those kind of things that you think about as a kid, and those are memories that are made that you will remember for for a lifetime. Right, and, and it develops traditions, and it develops you know just great memories that you'll get a chance to look back and reflect on as the years go by. Mm-hmm. So, I really enjoy, especially if you have it on video. Oh yeah, if you have it yeah. on video, but I I just enjoy being able to have kids come around and just like you know show them a, a, something and th- them just like be completely star studded like like i just can't believe this is happening in front of my eyes yeah uh and even though it's like it's so simple like there's so many simple card tricks that you can learn well, those thumbs it's like 
Oh yeah, these thumbs that I have. I mean, they're you, just you they know, just have they little, just light up, and it's like, yeah, what just, is that even supposed to be? What's even you know like okay, yeah. there's a light, but like, what is it supposed to be? You know, the kids they don't know. They don't even know. But they don't. Can, they don't like care. Put it through your ear and bring it back. You know, and like you can just sit there and throw it up and bring it back down and throw it up and bring it back down. You know, and like it's just simple little things like that. But I don't know. When, I just whenever whenever I you do that, they just like are. All they're around, and they're just laughing like, yeah. do it again! Oh my god! Yeah, they're just they just there's something about the innocence of of the children laughing and you know and you getting to pretend to be all powerful and being yeah and, and me playing God is it? <laughs> but I mean that it is it is pretty cool I, I enjoyed uh, absolute power I think that it's fun for uh, for kids and I think that it's easy for adults to learn. It doesn't take long. There's all these different types of card yeah. tricks that you can just Google online. Yeah, and now if you're going to like learn some sleight of hand, that does take a lot of practice. Yes, yeah. That takes hours and hours and hours and hours and hours just doing one basic thing. Mm-hmm. But just something simple that that stimulates their imagination, that stimulates the yeah. awe and wonder. Because like, you know, that's part of like what the liturgy is, right? It's, it, it, it brings uh, it's a reverence of awe and wonder that is not of this world. Yeah. You know, so it just helps them as they grow to learn, oh, this is something different. This isn't a normal, this isn't n- normal. Mm-hmm. Um, it's something that's set apart, something right. that it's holy yeah, or yeah, sacred. Yeah, the liturgy is like, he, I think it's healing for the person. It's like medicine for, for, for the, the soul. For the person. Yeah, I mean, not just, not just the soul, but I the mean, person. yeah, just like the whole person. Uh, like I was recently at Clear Creek and they were doing the Kyrie eleison Christi, except it was like Kyrie eleison. I mean, except it sounded awesome, you know? Yeah, it didn't and sound mind, like that. Mind, yeah. It, but it just kept going on and, you know, it's like one of those, like, I wonder how many syllables this is, you know, this, uh, and, but I was like realizing like, this is total leisure right here. Like here we are saying Christ have mercy. Why would we want to like get it over quickly? Like this is exactly like yes, let's linger in this Christ have mercy. Let's just enjoy it. Like mm-hmm. yes, celebrate it. Make it super long. Let's let's have a parade during the Christ have mercy. You know, like and that's why it's so leisurely because I'm not in a hurry. To stop, right. stop saying Christ have mercy. Right. You know, it's like the liturgy isn't about accomplishing something. It's, yeah, it, it's, it's the end. It's, it's an a, end. It's, in it and is, itself. yeah, it is the end in and of itself. Right. And so, uh, anyway, that has not, not to do with what we're talking about today. But it does bring joy. Mm-hmm. And, you know, part of, you know. Uh, so, what would you say the man gear is? Uh, some Just kind of, something? like, some, some kind of a uh, trick or um, get. get yeah. gig that you could do in front of especially children. for for kids for kids right. you know um but uh is you know pope francis talks about that he can't imagine a christian who does not uh smile know how to smile you know and may we all be joyful witnesses of our faith and so we need to be joyful we need to be we need to smile we need to laugh yeah. uh and so when we get back we're going to talk about different theories that they have of humor okay. and then how it's going to be able to either help us or hinder us when we're in the pursuit of holiness sweet so we'll be right back welcome back to the catholic man show sipping on a little bit of long branch 
We're gonna talk about humor this evening, which is such a human thing. It's interesting that there's not a lot of philosophers that have talked a whole lot about humor, being that it is a human aspect and everybody wants to be a part of it. Yeah. You know, it's... It, it's. I wonder if, as a rule, if philosophers tend to not be funny. That that I don't know. I don't know either. But, you know, even if you you approach... Like, there's a group of people and you approach that group and they're all laughing, they're all, they're all laughing. Like, it's almost impossible as a... As you approach that group, not to either smile or, like, kind of, like, act like... Well, what's so funny? You know, trying to be a part of that group of like, well, yeah. hey, what'd you guys just say? You yeah. know, uh, because or like, if you are in a group and everybody starts laughing and you didn't hear the joke, right. you still laugh you still too. Laugh. Like, yeah. yeah, hey, what's going on? Oh, is it funny? Okay, what happened? Tell right. me. But it's because I think humor is uh, something that tells you about other people. It's something that brings people together. You know, we've talked a lot about how uh, on our show we we. we we drink whiskey. It's something like, you know, or, or a beverage of some sort. And, you know, yeah. sharing a beverage together is very similar to sharing a meal together because you, yeah. it, it facilitates have, good you conversation. Know, you know the person. You know the person. Even if you kind of sit there in silence, but you'd like have a drink together, there's still like something, some sort of, there's like something between you now. Communion of, you know? of, like, of people. Like, you're not strangers anymore. Right. Well, it's kind of the same way. Like, I was thinking about this the other uh, the other day, and I actually was telling you about this. So we were putting up sheetrock in your house. <laughs> A huge 12-foot piece of sheetrock on the ceiling. Right. Um, but how humor tells so much about who a person is. Yes. Because humor can be used for you to like me, for you to dislike me, for you to think that I'm an attractive person, for you to, to di- you know think that I'm not an attractive person, to, put, to lift you up, to, to put you down. There's so many different... It, you know, humor is almost like a Swiss army knife. Yeah. There's so many different applications in humor. Mm-hmm. But when I come to you and I say, Dave, you got to listen to this. This is hilarious. You know, I assume that you know, because you know me, that this is going to be funny. And we have this bond between right. us that knows you're going to think this is funny. I know who you are as a person. You know who I am as a person. I've mm-hmm. seen this or listened to this. And I think you're going to enjoy it. Um, and so there's just something about what what brings humor to your life tells about you as a person. Yeah, which it can be a good thing, and it can also be uh, reveal things about you that maybe you don't want to be revealed. Well, it, it there is sort of a litmus a litmus test in like what you think is funny. Mm-hmm. Like for instance, if you uh, like if a car runs over a, an animal and you think that's funny like maybe you know it's like okay like let's talk about why you think that's funny like nobody really likes squirrels you know right but and okay that that's i don't a know. weird example but that's a, maybe it's not a good example but if something but like they would have a darkened intellect it's kind of like yeah like uh oh if you if yeah, you're, if you're yeah, enjoying like, your intellect is darkened if you are enjoy if you think this is funny right you know, so there's four different theories. Before you go, before we okay. go on, I want to tell you that I know for a fact this is what the Lord willed for us to speak on today. Because for a fact, Adam, for okay, a, for a fact, it's not you saying it. This is the it's Lord the, saying it. Okay, okay? Uh, I was telling Pamela uh, her ladyship. Mm-hmm. This is what we were talking about. She's like, oh, I just on the way home, I was listening to this theology of the body speaker, um, and they were talking about laughter being a bonding thing. 
Mm-hmm. Um, and it's supposed to bring people together. And how, when that's why when you laugh at somebody, you're lying with your body. It's a misuse of your body. Uh, like, because this is supposed to bring people together. And here you are, sort of like turning your sexual faculties into something that's not unitive. Right. You know, abusing your sexual faculties. This is abusing your hmm. laughing faculties because this this too is something that's supposed to bring you together. And so when you laugh at somebody, use laughter as a weapon. Mm-hmm. That's why it's so devastating. Yeah. Because here, like, it's sort of like when, um, you know, in a relationship when there's infidelity, it just crushes you. Mm-hmm. It is crushing. And so laughter is... Has it's not the same, but it is a uh, you know a crushing weapon, and that's and that's why because there's it's supposed to be unitive, and so there's like uh, the things in our life that are unitive have like a shortcut to our soul, okay? They bypass a lot of our uh, Walls security that, yeah. that we you know that we build around ourselves, sure. And so uh, that's why it, that's why it hurts, and it was like that's incredible. So yeah, I agree. Uh, and once again, all of my best. My best ideas come from her, from my wife, right? Yeah. Uh, so when I when I was thinking about this topic, I was thinking like, you know, uh, what is it about things that make things funny? Like, why is it that I can't tickle myself and it be funny? Yeah. Like, why is it that you, I can? Are you ticklish? I, no, I'm I'm not. But like, why is it that I can I can really be ticklish? I could I could be t- like I could be tickled and laugh and not really want to be tickled. Yeah. Right. As a as a general rule. So I started like learning like what are the theories about humor? I think people who want to be tickled, it's like you also might be deranged. <laughs> I'm not saying you have a darkened intellect, but I think like there might be there's probably there's clearly something wrong with you. So there's four there's four different theories and they overlap on each other and, okay. and things. But the first one is superiority theory. And this is like found in like Plato, Hobbes, Descartes. It's and these are theories about what makes something funny. Uh, it makes like or like what is humor in okay. general. Okay. Uh, and so it's a, the superiority theory is like the feeling of feeling sup- superior to to others. It's the, it's the degrading jokes, kind of like what you were talking about just a little bit ago, like mm-hmm. uh, that. Oh, Plato is so stupid. He just like let him kill, like let him kill him. Over truth, you know, over what he believed, like how, like how, how silly is that? <laughs> Idiot. Yeah, or, or you know, there's, right. you know, or like your mom jokes, your mom jokes, fat jokes, you know, things like that that uh, you know are degrading towards other people, mm-hmm. and that was like the first kind of theory about what humor in general was. Okay. Uh, because again, putting putting someone above uh, someone else. Yeah, you be you tearing you, somebody somebody down. Right. Which is interesting in today's world that it is okay. To do that, whenever you're going up in society, in the hierarchy of society, like you can tear okay people down who are above, above you. Above you, but you can never do that going down. It is. It is. Well, that actually makes sense because, like, at the end of the day, if you if you like say, oh, uh, you know, this person who's like the best, the Dalai Lama is, you know, like someone who's considered but to be a superior. Funny. Like, it's like it's funny because obviously what you say isn't true which bleeds into another, another but, if theory, you, but if you do it to like oh homeless people are so poor you know like it's like that's not funny man it's not funny like, at all because that's not a joke that's right like it's not every it's not a joke anymore right right and so that is is typically not like humor that we talk about that that's a virtuous humor in today's world yeah right the, the superior theory but there's another one called relief theory 
And this is like uh, the relief of tension or nervousness, you know, to where you like have to make a joke to kind of, I'm so nervous. You know, that's why a lot of people who start uh, public speaking events, they start it with a joke uh-huh. to get people laughing, to get people to kind of calm down. And it kind of takes, and it helps. It helps them. It too. takes them. It takes pressure off of them. Right. I mean, we, we do that a lot on our, you know, we, we start out and because we're, we're super funny. The thing is yeah, about that. But you know what, Adam? looks aren't everything looks aren't everything you're yeah. right but these are these are like the uh this is kind of like what a lot of jim just got it jim just it's got a, it's it thank you while. jim yeah thank you we'll be here all night but these are this is like the kind of the modern sense of like funniness in in like you know just trying to a relief of like i'm a little built up and it's a pressure right. release valve yeah it's, or if it's like if you're ever in one of those situations where it's like okay uh someone just like was screaming at somebody else and ran out of the room like a joke is really funny. Like if someone has a joke to tell, it like everybody laughs. Like, right, which yeah. kind of bleeds into another uh, theory was incongruity theory. Incong- incongruity. incongruity theory, which is like something that violates our mental patterns or ex- expectations. Okay, so it's unexpected. It's unexpected. Like yeah. it's like uh, you know it, the greater distance between reality, uh, the funnier the funnier the joke is. Okay. See, I think a lot of my jokes are that way. It's just like the things I say that are funny are just not what people were expecting to be said. Well, those are the ones that you set up, right? You, this is These are the long, drawn-out jokes that are like... Oh, you set, see, mine aren't long and drawn-out. Like, well, you set them up. Like, you, you expect... Like, that way that the audience expects the, it to go one way and all of a sudden it yeah. goes the other way. And yeah. you're like, what? This is not what I thought, but that is hilarious. Yeah. See, those don't work for me because everybody gets suspicious when I start telling to like, I'm not sure where you're going with this, but I'm ready. But I'm. Yeah. I know it's not what, I, what your you dad want is, me to think. But your dad is really good at those because yeah. he, he's a storyteller. Well, like those yeah. kind and of. So like, you always start off be like, "Well, this is a this is no, oh, it's not a joke. This is actually a true story." Right. Yeah. Those it's are always of, a true story. Always a true story. Right. And so the the last one that I want to and this kind of like uh, the main one that I want to talk about is the pl- is play theory, and this is what okay. this is this is what uh, Aquinas talks about, uh, Aristotle talks about, and it's uh, once it was like, you know, it's like uh, something that's. When it first happened, it was a very serious thing. But then, when you reflect on it, it's like that's that's actually kind of funny. Mm-hmm. You know, like I fell off the bike. You know, juggling. I was trying to impress somebody, juggling uh, balls while riding a bike, and I fell off and skin. And I was like, that really hurt. But looking back on it, that was actually kind of funny. Right, like you fall off the stage, and everyone's like, <gasps> but then if you stand up, it's like, okay, now that's it's funny. funny. He right. didn't die. Or like you know, just like um, you know, like acting in general, like. Mm-hmm. acting something out to play because it, i mean like how many times have you said you know we'll laugh about this later right it's not funny right, right now. now but but, but someday, in a year in a year from now it will be right and aquinas talks about how uh, why is that called play theory because you're you're it's like kind of like playing oh like a play like a play oh like it's not real right like, okay. it's, like it's you know later on that, there's another act okay. almost you I know see. like there's there's a, a part two mm-hmm uh, but Aquinas talks about how life is included uh, includes rest as, as well as activity, and this play theory is kind of included in leisure and amusement. Now, excess in this would be vulgar, what he calls vulgar buffoons, because you're just like over the top. You continually yeah. do that. Deficiency. Of this, it also lacks decorum. Right, and the deficiency in this is kind of boorish and unpolished. So the virtue that uh, like a, a stoic. Yeah, exactly. So Aristotle talks about how it's uh, uh, eutropelia is the virtue. Eutropelia? Yeah. What? Which, which means like turning well, which is like kind of being quick-witted, ready-witted. Oh, that's me. So. I'm that. 
Anyway, we're going to talk about how this so is virtuous. going to play out in uh, the virtuous life on the other side of the break. We'll be right back. Welcome back to the Catholic Man Show. I'm David Niles here with Adam Minahan, Jim Posada, Jim Posada, Jim nice. Spencer, and Juan Posada. Nice. There's Jim right there. On video, you can go to YouTube and you can check out Jim hanging out with us. He's available for sponsor. There's room on his shirt there for a for logo. We could we could sponsor. Someone wants to sponsor the Jim Cam. I'm just saying it's that would be that would be epic. We don't currently have, have a, a sponsor a, for Jim a sponsor. Uh, but so play theory, like the reason why people like relate to play theory so much, I think, is also because it, it's like why is Seinfeld so funny? Why is The Office? so funny yeah it's because it's taking real life ordinary mundane things that happen to everybody everybody you know in in real life and break like drawing out this uh this scene that is like i can relate to this this is actually really funny Mm -hmm. um because it's being able to put yourself into that situation so uh we were talking in between the breaks you can go to our youtube because we uh upload all of the things in between the breaks but we were at we were talking about how humor uh before the fall would be is very interesting like i don't know what humor would look like right because a lot of the uh, humor is uh re- showing rea- like reality for what it is in our fallen right, nature because the relief theory in a world where there's no suffering that, right. that won't make any sense right which i would be interested because like, even like sigmund freud talks before about this the fall, a little bit but before the fall you're trying to tell me like you can't. You couldn't fall down and skin your knee. You know. So I think that there was still pain. Sure. There could have been pain. Uh, Natural. Con- it's, not, it's not like we didn't have nerve endings, right? You know. Yeah, I don't know, but like I think it would be funny to figure this and out. So I think maybe that there could have still been that. Yeah. But yeah, I think a good uh, something we all should consider. And this is something I've had to consider in my own life. Is just my responsibility to, and we all have the responsibility to use humor appropriately. Uh, because humor has a way of glorifying a specific thing. Yes, you're right. Okay, so uh, when you laugh about something, it has a way of glorifying something. Either because either you're putting one thing down, which has you know by contrast, contrast glorifies the, the negative sure. of, of that whatever that thing is, or you're building something up specifically. Um, so I'll just tell you that there was a, a point in my life where I had to make a choice. Mm-hmm. to not be funny like or to be less funny or what you consider to be funny well, make people because i know i could make people laugh right if i say well and, and a lot of times, you know like the f, called like the, the f word there is something funny well, about a, using it th- that's what comedians talk about like hack hack jokes they call it yeah yeah it's because, like, like you don't have to cheap, actually be funny yeah it's a cheap laugh that's uh-huh. not that doesn't take any kind of art or any kind of sign that's another thing i want to talk to you about oh man remind me at the end of this episode we'll continue on on the youtube but i want to talk to you the difference between art the art of humor and the science behind humor okay but what i really want to talk to about but is so, kind of what you were yeah what, there's a virtue here of, right. of humor right and what you were talking about um like you know using it for the good or you can use it for the bad and right in uh, c.s lewis he, he has a, a book called the screw tape letters and if you are a big c.s lewis fan and you don't know uh a pints with jack our friend david bates uh, has a, a podcast about C.S. Lewis and all of his C.S. Lewis stuff, so so you can go listen to that. But he has a, a satirical book called uh, C.S. Lewis has a satirical book called uh, 
screw tape letters. And in this... Incredibly good. Yes. And in this, a, a head demon is talking to a, a minor demon about how to corrupt his his the person that he's trying to... The minor to. demon is like the inverse to the... Uh, guardian angel. Guardian angel, thank you. Yeah. Yeah. So He's trying to get him to go to hell. Right. So Screwtape is talking to Wormwood about this. And he, he talks about there's there's uh, four different ways of... Uh, there's four different kinds of laughter, okay, uh, 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 of laughter. And the first one is joy, which okay. is what, you know, Pope Francis talks about, like uh-huh. being a joyful Christian. Yeah. And uh, Screwtape talks about how... If you're you know, a joyful person, you just laugh at... You you're, you're laughing, you, you know, you're... You you're, laugh often. Yeah. And uh, this is like, you know, families getting together after a while. It's like... And everybody likes hanging out with these people. Yeah. And these are you know, kind of festivals as well. Like, you know, yeah. everybody gathering together. We're all having fun together. Like, you know, laughing, yeah. merriment, you, cheer. It, a joyful person also usually has a belly laugh. Yes. You know, like, <laughs> like yeah. from like deep down. Yeah. Know? Well, and so Screwtape tells him, tells Wormwood, like these, this kind of joy, this kind of laughter should be avoided. Joy should be avoided, which, which makes That's sense. That's what the demons, That's yeah, what the demons the, are saying. The demons want you to avoid that kind right, of joy. Because we should embrace it, really. As Christians, yeah. right. Yeah. So then he talks about uh, f- like the, another kind of laughter, which is fun. Uh, and this is like emotional. Uh, this kind of like the play theory, like having fun, just being... Uh, what about like a roller coaster? You know, like when you like come over the top and then you go down and like sometimes you'll laugh fun, on sure. the way down. This is what he's talking about because he, uh, he also he says like, this isn't of use to us as a demon. So in the negative sense... Except to distract. Uh huh. Right. Like so, he he said like the only use to having to to having a suspect uh, have fun. You can pursue, per, trick pers- them to pursue this instead of another good, another a higher good. Right. Um. And so, and then the next one he's talking about was is is joke is what he calls joke proper, which is the perception of incongruity. So this is, um, you know, kind of like what we were talking about uh, earlier with the con- congruity incongruity theory, like, uh making making yeah maybe that wasn't actually what you're supposed to be saying um kind of jokes okay but my understanding is that the incongruity could be totally morally neutral that that type of humor it's you know like you know okay you said something unexpected was it unexpected in a in a a demented way right or in a fun just like a you know like oh that's not what i thought you were gonna say but it could be deficient right um in in if it's morally deficient, right. right. It could also be morally neutral. I would imagine so, yes. Yeah, I mean, I think probably most of the time, this kind of humor is just... Right. You know, you laugh. Sometimes the person's not even trying to be funny. It's just like, oh, that's not what I thought you right. were going to say. And right, right. It, you think it's, so it's kind of funny. So the last one, though, he talks about is flippancy, which is the improper, which is the improper jokes, the the immodest jokes, the irreverent jokes, the la- the lack of respect towards another person. Um, which kind of blends into several different theories that we talked yeah. about before. Yeah. So I think that there is a temptation among men, especially in men in male-only company, that it's like, all right, you're on the golf course, you know, like there's a certain kind of joke that men might tell on the golf course. You know, you know, there's no women around. Right. You know, and I think that we have to really resist the temptation to do this, to tell these jokes and to uh, to encourage those jokes. I mean, if somebody tells the joke, uh, like, depending on how your relationship with that person, maybe you say like, "Man, that's just not like," mm-hmm. you know. Maybe you could if if you don't know the guy. Like, I think that a lot of just times kind of don't. I, I just say don't give them positive feedback, right? You know, so that well, they because don't a encourage. lot of times they use jokes as like saying like, 
oh, it's I, I didn't do it. I'm just I'm just joking about it. Right. Uh, and you're using that as an as a an excuse to talk about something that may not be a, of holy or reverent or uh, respectable thing that you can right. talk about. But the truth is that there's still a bond that takes place, even when you're telling yeah. dirty jokes. I mean, it's sort of like locker room talk. Right. You know, like, oh, well, it's just guys. When we're in the locker room, there's there's just, it's an all-male environment. Yeah, we use, we're f- a little bit freer with our language, you know, in an inappropriate way. And there is, a like, a bond that takes place, like, yes, because here, in this male, like, environment, we speak a different way, mm-hmm. you know, and it, like, it's because we are in common here. There is a bonding element that takes place, but it's not a good, it doesn't create a healthy a healthy type of bond because it's ultimately Christ isn't at the center of it right um, it's a sin that's ultimately at the center of it you know especially like when you're telling dirt inappropriate jokes you right. know it does create like kind of an inside joke you know mm-hmm. sort of thing but um, that's something that is common I think in male society that needs to be uh, resisted I mean just the virtue you know is Padre Pio is he going to be down for, you know, listening to your dirty joke? No. Probably not. What about St. Francis or, like, any other male saint? Is right. he going to want to hear your joke? Well, and the, no. pro- the problem is is that most of the time, and that's kind of what you said earlier, is is most of the time these, these jokes glorify sin. Right. In some aspect. And so... And a lot of them are very funny. They're, in fact, like, they're even, they can get an extra bump because they're, you know, a little, a little, shocking bit, a little bit wrong. And a little shocking. You know? Yeah, exactly. And it's like, you know, it, there's like a revelry, you know, that is kind of there, like... But ultimately, at the end of our judgment, we're going to be held accountable for, for every, every joke. single thing yes. that we've I'm ever said. Because I was going to, I was going to try to make that point. Yeah. But, every single thing that we've ever said, mm-hmm. we will be judged for. Because the jokes that we tell one another have a way of tainting the water or and pu- reality or, or purifying the water you know because we're all we're all in the same swimming pool here all right um the, we're all in the same petri dish the culture you know mm-hmm. that's why you like the stuff right. you grow in a petri dish is even called a culture, culture. Sure. um and so when we you know it's like bad that kind of thing has a hypnotic poisoning effect on on the brothers that you're with, okay, mm-hmm. and so we need to be uplifting people in a good way. Jokes are awesome. We should right. be telling jokes, right? And you know, God even used uh, you know irony throughout the Bible to tell about reality, to tell what reality is. He used uh, you know humor and irony, yeah, uh, to be able to tell uh, more about what reality is. Mm-hmm. And so, there's nothing wrong with humor. I mean, God made us human beings, and in human beings, we have humor. Right. Human, humor. I'm sure that there's uh, some kind of wordplay there that uh, the ed- etymology of those words probably link up in some, yeah, maybe. some sort. Uh, but, um, you know, so it's not a bad, it's not an intrinsic evil, but you can use that for... Well, humor is not evil at all. Right. Uh, humor it, is a good, uh, you know, in as much as that it... Humor is a, a good... When used rightly. Properly. Yeah. Yeah. So I just wanted to like, I know that I have in the past used humor to be funny, to you know, you know, kind of be the, the funny guy in the crowd or whatever, yeah. to, to get people to laugh, to, to kind of bond people together um, and used it inappropriately. Right. And ultimately, we're all going to be held accountable for that. So you, you can use it also, though, to build people up. 
Um, so anyway, when we get back, like uh, on the other side on YouTube, we should definitely talk more about this. You good with that? Thanks for uh, thanks for hanging with us on this episode. More on the Lord's team. The winning side. So raise your glass. <laughs>